poster child for what, um, back then, like she said, in 1998, the Internet had only been around for a little while. I know that's hard to believe now. Um, and that story broke, and not only did she have to endure the choices that she made, right? 22-year-old had a relationship with a married man who also happened to be the president of the United States. That's a lot. Um, so she had to live with that uh, regret and that shame personally, professionally. She was actually uh, lied to by a close friend that taped conversations. Um, and then they told her maybe half an hour before it was announced to the world. Um, so she didn't have a choice in the matter. Um, so personally, professionally, she had to deal with that shame. But then she had millions of people across the world that got to give their opinion. Um, and she got to read it online. People across the states and across the world called her names, viciously attacked her. They called her a whore, a slut, the other woman. They had no mercy for her. And that really wasn't fair, right? She wasn't the only one that's ever had an affair. It just happened to be that somebody broke it out on the Internet. Um, I'm very proud of her. I don't even know her, but just for her to come out of seclusion for almost a decade and be brave enough or courageous enough to come out and really talk about that, that's a huge deal for her. And I encourage you to go and finish the whole talk because it's really good. Um, but I want you to think about kind of our culture today. Um, it's definitely a shamed, shame-inducing, shame-promoting culture. Um, there are stories about kids years ago that committed suicide because they were gay and people had secretly videotaped them and then plastered it on the Internet. Who does that? Um, and they couldn't handle the shame, and so they committed suicide. Um, there's people that are being bullied on cyberbullying on the Internet just for no reason. And little girls and young girls can't deal with the shame that comes from that. So they suffer from things like depression or anxiety, um, and they don't want to be social. So it's a huge thing. Um, the problem is we might not be able to recognize it quite often as much as we should. So hopefully tonight, as uh, we talk about this lovely topic, um, your eyes will be awakened, and God will help you realize, one, what shame is, and two, what shame you have, because we all have shame. So I'm going to pray real quick, and then we'll get started. Father, God, I'm excited. I know that sounds weird, but I know you have me, and um, I get to uh, share my story of shame with these women, and um, I also get to share how you redeemed it. And God, that's what's most important. And so I just pray that you prepare our hearts and that you awaken us to whatever shame that we have and that we're walking in so that, God, we can give it to you and, um, and that we can be free. And so, God, that's what I ask of you. And um, I just thank you for how you have loved me and how you love these women. And uh, I'm excited to see what you're going to do tonight, Jesus. So it's in your name I pray. Amen. So I just want you guys to relax and just get comfortable. The girls at my table, I have this saying, we're going to get real and raw. What that means is I can be a little blunt, um, which is a good thing, right? Because we don't want to hide things and cover it up. So um, I want to talk about what shame is. Shame is defined as feelings of humiliation, of disgrace or dishonor. Um, and it's deep feelings. It's not like guilt. 
guilt um, is focused on a behavior. Shame is focused on the person. So guilt might say, oh, I made a bad mistake. Shame says, I am a bad mistake. Um, Yeah, you guys have a worksheet. So that's a huge difference from guilt, right? Guilt, I think, allows you to say, oops, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Do you forgive me? Um, Because you know that was an action that is kind of outside of yourself. Shame internalizes on the inside. So if you do something like have an affair with a married man, you want to hide. You don't want to tell anybody about it. You just want to keep it a secret. And when you do that, it's bad. Um, It can manifest itself in your life in ways that you wouldn't even know. And that's kind of what happened to me. So um, I get to share my story tonight only because God has really delivered me from from it. Um, And then still, as I prepared for this talk, said, hey, girl, you're kind of still walking in some of it. Um, but that's what he does, and so that's good. So um, I'm not up here on the pedestal. I know what it feels like, and I just want to share my story in hopes that somehow it connects to you, and then we talk about it. Um, shame is unlike any other feeling. It's very powerful. It will um, cause you to think bad things about yourself, right? If you made a mistake, you're, I'm no good, um, I'm worthless, There's no way um, anybody's going to love me now. It makes you not want to be vulnerable, right? Well, I'm not going to put my feelings out here because of this. I know these things that I've done, so I'm not going to be vulnerable. Um, It isolates you. It makes you want to not open up to people, seclude yourself, and not share what's going on. And that's just unhealthy, psychologically and spiritually. Um. And something that you may not know, it's directly related to things like anxiety, depression, perfectionism, which is mine, um, and suicide. And I think that's because we get so trapped and on the inside of ourselves that we can't let any good thoughts in, right? We only believe what, what we know about ourselves. There's no forgiveness that we give ourselves. It's just bad. And because we're isolating ourselves from other people, there's no hope that can come in. There's nobody that can walk with us. And that, that's our choice, right? That's what we do. So I'm just going to dive right into my life. And some of you may have heard a little bit of my story, um, so you'll get to hear it again. But when I was young, my dad left, so I think I was around two. And I've never had a father figure in my life. I've never had... Um, the chance to go and hug my dad um, or to go to him for problems or have him beat up my boyfriends because they were mean. He was just completely absent. My mom, it was me and my mom until I was about 12 or 13, so we were really close um, until she got married. And then when she got remarried, she kind of kicked me to the curb. Um, And I say that literally because I, for real, slept in her bed until she got remarried. And so then I went from her bed to this room down at the end of the hall. Um, When I was young, one of my friends, uh, who was a girl, molested me. And I didn't really know what that was at the time, so didn't think too much about it. Um, But then I got raped as a teenager later on in life. So 
the first 17 years of my life, shame looked a lot like this. Rejection. So let's hope these stick. Right? Rejection had me thinking thoughts like, I'm not good enough. I spelled that wrong. Um, (laughs) Multitasking is not cool. (laughs) Um, Rejection had me saying things like, I'm not good enough. Um, I'm not lovable. Nobody likes me. Abandonment. I know you're not going to be able to read that. Abandonment had me thinking things like, I'm not worthy. Um, Nobody wants to be around me. I'm not good enough. Um, Nobody cares for me. And then I'm going to tuck this. So it's going to look real funny when I turn around, but it's okay. All right. Let's carry on. Uh, Abandonment. Something must be wrong with me, right? Nobody wants to stick around. My dad left. My mom kicked me to the curb. Like, what's happening? Um, I was bullied in school a lot. And this was back when it was real physical and violent. I literally had people uh, pulling my hair. Um, Saying bad things because I was poor, so I had not the cool clothes. My clothes were kind of funky looking. Um, I had a big nose, still have a big nose. Um, Things like that. So then it was like, okay, nobody wants to be around me. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. And now I'm ugly, I'm too skinny, and I got a big nose. Um, it was not good. And then being sexually abused, um, that was the kicker. That was um, a turn in my life that impacted me for the rest of my life. That was, I'm only good for sex. Um, I'm only good enough to be used for somebody else's pleasure. That was, in order for me to feel loved and cared for, I'm going to have to have sex with people. Um, I'm not a good enough person to actually be in a real relationship. And then those thoughts turned into, I'm dirty, I'm filthy, I'm unclean, um, and I'm used up. So what's the point? Nobody's going to love me now so this was my shame that I walked around until I was with in my life till I was 38 years old it's a long time um, it was very heavy it was very weighty and I didn't even know it was there why because when we experience trauma especially at a young age we adapt to our environment and we have to right because it's a way to protect ourselves. So we kind of push all that stuff down as far as we can, and we don't think about it, and we just get up and go. Um, So what I did was, that's what I did. I created this person who was an awful, awful person, um, and shame ended up manifesting itself like this in my life. Perfectionism. Right? If I do all this stuff the right way, everything's just right, somebody's going to see it and they're going to want to be with me. They're going to want to love me. Control. That's a big one. I'm going to control everything about my environment, everything about my life. That way I don't have to worry about getting hurt. I don't have to be rejected or abandoned. I don't have to be used. I, it's my life. I'm in control. Right? I'm, I make the choices. 
um, completely against being connected with anybody. Super shallow, right? Uh, we're going to keep this friend space up here. You just do what I say when I want you to do it, and we can be friends, right? That's how bad I was. I'm being for real, too. Um, <laughs> severely independent. So I've been working since I was 15 years old by myself. I have supported myself since I was 15. Um, even when I got married and had kids, I ran the roost, right? Do this, do this, do this. My ex-husband didn't even sign his paychecks until we got divorced. <laughs> That's pretty bad. But he's a good person. <laughs> um, being vulnerable was not even in my vocabulary. That was never, ever going to happen to me. Um, that meant I would be open to hurt again. That meant I would be open to being rejected or abandoned or sexually abused again, and I wasn't going to do that. Um, I think one of my biggest fears, and fear has to be it, for being vulnerable is having that faintest glimpse of hope, right? That this person is going to love me or this person is going to care for me and then being rejected or turned down and then immediately going into that depressive state of why do I even bother? So now I'm pissed off, right? Why do I even believe that this person would love me? Um, so that cycle is kind of what happened pretty much for a couple years. And then I just became the user and abuser, not for real abuser, but messing with people's minds, right? Because I thought, well, I'll just become this person, and that way nobody has to hurt me. So that was how I controlled things. Um, that led to a lot of unsuccessful relationships, and um, I can't imagine why. And so we thought it would be funny if I did a uh, dating ad. This is probably what it would look like. <laughs> so I'm a controlling perfectionist who doesn't want to connect, who doesn't want to feel emotions, who will not be vulnerable, who doesn't trust looking for a relationship. Pretty sure that's why I didn't have <laughs> good, good boyfriends back in the day. Um, I can laugh about that now. Um, but this is how shame portrayed itself in my life, that perfectionism. That was weird for me. Like how, what does that have to do with shame? But it makes sense to me now, right? Because I'm trying to do all this stuff. I'm a workaholic. God is still working with me. That's kind of what he revealed to me over the course of preparing for this talk. You're still trying to be this perfect person. You just need to chill out. So I'm still walking this out. Um, but that's what it looked like in my life. And like I said, I didn't even know it existed that way because I had suppressed those feelings and those hurts way, way down. They were, they were nowhere up here. Um, and I know we all have some type of shame. We have to. If, if you didn't, you would be a psychopath, I think is what they say. And we don't want those, right? We don't want those. I mean, they need Jesus too, but... We just have to admit that somehow we have shame, right? It could look like I'm not skinny enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't work out enough. I don't read scripture enough. I don't go to church enough. I'm not doing this just right. I'm not being the best mom that I can be. I yelled at my kids today. For all you new moms back there, that will come. Um, or when they're screaming, crying, and you're frustrated, and you feel shame because you're frustrated. I mean, it happens. So what do we do? How do we know to recognize our shame? And guys, as we continue, I just really hope that you're open to allowing yourself to recognize that shame. 
because I pushed it down for so long, and I think that's what kept me in walking in shame for so long. It was so ingrained in, in my person and who I was. I didn't believe I was worthy to be loved. So I just pretended like I didn't want it. And that was seriously for a lot of my life. Um, so I want to ask you how you would define being vulnerable. That's a scary word. I think the dictionary describes it as capable of being physically or emotionally wounded, which that's a pretty fair definition. I think as a teenager or a young adult, if you are seeking other relationships, vulnerability comes into, well, I'm not going to tell him I like him first, right? I wanna, he's got to say it first because we want to know what the outcome's going to be. I'm not going to put myself out there if I don't know what the outcome's going to be. Um, that's vulnerability. <laughs> Taking on a nonprofit and not knowing what the outcome's going to be, that's vulnerability. Um, really, for me, I define it as really stepping out into something, not knowing the outcome. Um, and, God, that's everything in life. How do I survive? <laughs> um, like, I am the planner who, who plans. And so for this, I had to plan not to plan. Like, who does that? Seriously. There's, like, who does that? I'm going to plan not to plan. Yeah, anyway. Do you get it? you see what I'm saying? Um, but yet, in order to have true connection and real relationships, guess what? We have to be vulnerable. Um, and I'm going to encourage you guys, Brene Brown, I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but she's awesome, and I'm in her stuff right now because she has studied shame and vulnerability for years. So I encourage you to go listen to her TED Talks and read her books. It's just great. And if you like knowledge like me, it will help you process some things. But I have some other news. Um, you may have heard this story about this man called Jesus. Right? That story about him coming to the earth, getting on the cross, doing some stuff. Um, Well, that's how we get over shame. It's through Jesus. Um, He came on the earth specifically to bear our sin and our shame. And he died on a cross for that purpose. And I know we talk about it a lot, but I don't know that we truly feel it, truly understand it, and truly believe it. So I want to repeat it. And you know what? I think God wants me to tell you to repeat it too. So let's just repeat after me. This is so weird. And this is unplanned as well too, so we're going to go with it. Um, Jesus came to earth as a man to bear my sins and my shame By dying on the cross. I want you to feel that, guys. Because that's what he did. That's what he did for us. So that we could be free. Not that we could walk through our lives 38 years walking in shame and carrying that burden and that weight of the stuff that was done to me that was not my fault and the stuff that I did to myself that was my fault. Right? He took that all. But... I had to do something. I had to give it to him. Now, I'm going to try to get this back up. On your paper, 
you should have some scripture. And this was the scripture that I clung to the first year that I surrendered control of my life to God. And it means a lot to me, and I hope it will resonate with you. So I'm just going to read it, and you'll notice, hopefully you guys can see um, all the print. I tried to be, um, for me, when I read scripture, certain words jump out at me, and I either circle, underline, or do funny things. It just helps me really focus on what God does. So I just want to walk through this scripture with us and uh, let you know what it meant to me and how it helped me um, really believe that God can take my shame away and that he did. He did that for me. So if you'll look at your paper or you can look up here, whichever one, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all of my inequity and cleanse me from my sin. So this first piece, uh, what are we doing? This first scripture, you'll notice words like mercy, unfailing love, great compassion, blot, which is like um, cover, uh, wipe out, transgressions, your sins, your your, um, bad choices, wash away, cleanse. This is kind of like us confessing to God, hey, look, I got all this dirty stuff here. I need you to take it from me. I need you to give me your mercy and your compassion that your word says that you have, and I need you to forget about it and wash me and make me clean. This is confession. This is what you have to do. This is what you have to be vulnerable about and say, all right, I'm going to speak these words, because for me, I didn't want to speak about my shame. It's like if I didn't say it, nobody knew about it. But I'm going to encourage you to be courageous tonight and just speak it. For I know the transgressions and my sin is always before me. That is your shame. Shame does not leave. It really doesn't hide in the background. It consumes. It will consume you internally, and then you will start to see it consume you outwardly. Um, I was consumed with shame. And if you have realized something right now, you probably can agree. Yep, you have this piece. You recognize it, and you know it's always in front of you. It is the thing that will stop you from talking to somebody. It is the thing that's going to prevent you from growing in a relationship. It is the thing that's going to um, tell you to keep thinking those bad thoughts about yourself, right? So this last one, create in me a pure heart, O God. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Again, I want to share that this focus is on who. Who has the responsibility in this scripture? Jesus. It's not us. We can't do it. We'll just push it down and pretend like it's not there. But it will consume us like a virus, right? So we have to confess it, the shame, and we have to ask God to to cleanse us, to make us new. And his word says that he will do that. If you believe in his word and you believe in him, then you have to believe this. No matter what you're telling yourself, 
you're going to have to tell yourself to be quiet and don't listen to yourself. And I had to do that for a solid year. When I had those feelings of shame, I had to come back to the scripture. And I was very specific in my shame. It might have been one or two pages that I wrote out to God. This is all my shame. I'm making sure I'm not missing any of it. It's all going down on this paper. And when those feelings came back up, I was diligent. I'm going to go right back to this scripture. I'm going to confess it. God, you said you're going to take this from me. I trust you. I believe you. I'm walking in freedom like your word says. might not feel like I'm walking in freedom right now, but I'm going to believe what you said. And he will do that for us. He's done it for me, and he's done it for a lot of other people as well. And he'll do it for you. But you have to confess it. And that's going to take a lot of vulnerability, which is really just courage, right? I'm, be, I'm vulnerable up here tonight because when they said talk on shame, I was like, yes, I already did something a while ago on shame. And then God was like, nope, I don't want you to use that. And I was like, dang it. And so I went in with this talk saying, all right, God, I'm going to trust you. What do you want me to talk about? And he kind of has showed me over the last several months, I've been experiencing different things that I hadn't experienced since I gave my life to Christ. I was lonely all of a sudden. Why am I lonely? I was grieving parents. Like, I'm 44 years old. I, I don't need parents right now. Why am I crying over not having parents? But I would see people with their mom and dad and weep. Like, oh, mom and dad. I want to be able to call somebody and be like, hey, mom. I mean, I can, but my mom's a little crazy, so it doesn't. it's not the same. And she is for real. <laughs> So, um, but all of these weird emotions and feelings just kept coming back. And turns out they were coming back, but then I was feeling that shame again. And I didn't want to feel that shame. So what did I do? My old self, I'm going to push it to the side. And uh, God is gracious in that. He was like, no, no child, you're going to bring it up. And community is hard for me. Um, I know I talk a lot and it's real good. I can tell you about your problems and I can give you a solution for it. But when it gets real um, it is definitely a God thing that I can stand up here and tell you honestly, hey, this is what happened. This is what he's done. Even with the girls at my table, just being super honest, um, that is out of obedience to him. And so I want to encourage you tonight as we kind of walk through these steps a little deeper that vulnerability, one, is courage. It's courageous when you do that. You are putting yourself out there. It's a chance things might not turn out the way that you want them to. But if you have God and you have community, then you'll make it. And the way that my brain thinks is, well, I know what this feels like, right? I know what walking in shame feels like. And I know what walking in freedom with Christ feels like. So now I'm like, well, I definitely don't want that. So it's a lot easier I say easier, not really, but to say, okay, I want to be vulnerable because I want to see what God has for me. You know, I want to see what he has in store for me. I don't want to go back down this road. Um, and that's going to take community. We can't do it by ourselves. And so I encourage you to be vulnerable and find that community, and you have it here. And if you don't feel like you have it here, that's a lie. You have it here. Um, so let's walk through these four points that you have on your paper. You have some fill-in-the-blanks. So guys, what can you do about shame? 
first, you need to recognize what your shame is. Um, So if you want to be super vulnerable, raise your hand, and you really, really, really don't have to. If you've identified a piece of shame, you can raise your hand if you want to. If not, you don't have to. Okay, good. Thanks. Um, That was like a baby step. So good job. You have to recognize what your shame is. If you don't know what it is, how are you going to give it to God, and how are you going to confess it, right? So ask him to reveal it to you. We've prayed over everybody tonight, and I really hope that, that maybe you already know what it is. But if you don't, ask God to reveal it to you. Or think about things in your life. Your childhood is where a lot of my trauma happened. Think about feelings way back then in your childhood or young adult or even in your adulthood where you have felt that funky feeling of shame or worthlessness. Um, write that and, and visit it later, right? It's not going to happen overnight. The second thing, number two, is you're going to have to give it to God through confession. We need to recognize it, and then we need to lay it at his feet because we can't change ourselves. And I tried for so long, and I failed miserably. And we're all women, and so I feel like women are wired the same way in that respect to where I'm pretty sure some of you have tried as well. So we have to confess it and give it to God. Number three, share your shame stories in a safe community. And by safe community, preferably with a godly woman. And I say that because a godly woman is going to understand who Jesus is and why he's important to this formula. She's also going to have grace and compassion. There's not going to be any judgment. Um, You might have that in a non-godly woman, but we're just going to encourage that. Your table leaders is a safe community. So if you have something that you want to share and you don't want to share it to the whole table, you don't have to. Just grab a table leader um, that you're comfortable with because we're safe. The fourth one is worship continually. And that might sound weird, but it's really God has to help you believe that you're set free. Right? The same way that we can't cleanse ourselves and get rid of the shame on our own, he has to make us new from the inside out. He's got to change us. He's got to scoop all that stuff out and replace it with his goodness. And in order to do that, it's not going to be an overnight process. Um, so you're going to have to do this maybe on a daily basis. It was for me at first. Um, and that's why community is so important, right? If we had to do this by ourselves on a daily basis, That would get so boring, and then you would be hopeless because nobody's there trying to encourage you on or saying, hey, sister, let's get in the Word. What does Jesus have to say about this? So we need each other. And hopefully those four are good, Um, and I hope they make sense. They make sense to me, but sometimes, you know, your brain is wired differently than others. Um, So what I want you guys to know is God redeems all shame. We just have to give it to him. So as I talked about the cross, I'm going to recognize my shame, right? I'm such a visual. So here's the cross. Here's all my shame. I'm going to take it off, and I'm going to give it to Jesus. I'm not going to wear it anymore because he took it. I don't have to wear it. He paid that debt for me. So it is now with him. I don't have it anymore because I confessed it to him. He took it, 
and he has made me clean. So I don't walk around with that deep shame that I had. There might be some few places where I'm still trying to be perfect. And I don't know. That's probably, that might take a little bit. Um, but I trust him, and I know that he will be faithful. And he will redeem all of it. He will redeem all of you. Whatever you have is not too much for him. Like we said earlier, he came to this earth as a man. He died on that cross, a humiliating, very painful, very shameful death, so that we could be free from our sin and shame. So we're getting ready to go to table time, and I just want to encourage you to be courageous. And I want you to take a few moments um, as we listen to a song, right? And search yourself. Ask God to reveal your shame to you. Um, And just be quiet and listen to this song because Jesus is safe. And he's ultimately the one that needs it, and he's going to take it from you if you give it to him. Um, After the song, you guys have a couple questions to answer at your table, and then you should have some sticky notes on your table as well. Um, That sticky note is if you're willing to write your shame on that sticky note, you can put it on those poster boards back there that Crystal has politely made for us, um, and we're going to give it to God. Thank you guys for letting me share my story. Come out of hiding, you're safe here with me. There's no need to cover what I already see. You've got your reasons, but I hold your You've been on lockdown and I hold the key Cause I loved you before, you knew it was love And I saw it all, still I chose the cross And you were the one that I was thinking of when I rose from the grave Now read up the shackles, my victory's yours I saw the veil for you to come close. There's no reason to stand out of distance anymore. You're not far from home. And I'll be your lighthouse when 
Thanks, V, for sharing that. It was awesome. Um, I'm going to invite you guys to take a few minutes. I'm going to play another short little song. Go ahead and, if you want to write your sticky, go ahead and do that. And put them on the cards back there. And then um, we're going to move right into discussion time at the tables after that. And then we get to wrap up tonight doing what um, number four was, which is worshiping together with our band. So I'm super excited about that. So we'll play one more short song, and then we'll get started. Okay.